Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to his word proclaimed. Oh God, we are mindful of your love. We are mindful of how you care for us and how you take care of us. We are mindful of how you call us to take care of others. One of the ways that we do that is through prayer. So God, at this time, we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. I don't know about you, but I, I love children's prayers. Children's prayers can be some of the most open and innocent prayers, but they also are some of the prayers that speak the most truth. Us adults, we, we like to get flowery in our prayers. We like to add a lot of words and add a lot of fluff to try to make us look more important than we are. But children, they, they can get to the heart of prayer. I, I, found, I found some of these prayers this morning that I would share with you. First, Charlie reminded me of this one. It said, Dear God, I didn't think orange went well with purple until I saw the sunset you made on Tuesday night. That was really cool. Then there's this prayer, a very honest and open prayer. Dear God, thank you for the baby brother. But what I prayed for was a puppy. And in the act of true intercession, this prayer for a child's father. Dear God, is it true? My father won't get in heaven if he uses golf words in the house. <laughs> and then finally, this prayer. Dear God, please take care of my daddy, my mommy, my sister, my brother, my doggy, and me. Oh, please take care of yourself, God. If anything happens to you, we're going to be in a big mess. <laughs> See, listen to how, how open and just how honest those prayers are. I mean, that's a lesson we need to learn as adults, to be open and honest in our own prayers. But if we're honest... Sometimes prayer is one of those things that we just let go away and we don't do it anymore. You know, we, we, we like to pray or, or we pray when, when things are hard, when we need just this, this anchor to hold on to, to know that, that God is there with us and for us. But the moment things start to go well, the moment that things are, are great and things are just hopping and moving along, prayer is one of those things that we quickly let go of. I, I've been in several churches, and I know that there have been intercessory teams that have prayed for the church. And usually those intercessory teams are, are, are put together when, when things are bad. And then when the question's asked, how come those teams don't meet anymore? 
Well, the answer is, well, why should we? Because things are great. But I think that is the time that we really need to remember the importance of praying and the importance of praying for others. I've been the recipient of many prayers just here in this congregation over the past few weeks, and I could tell you it, it, it helps build me up. It helps strengthen me. And I love hearing that the people that I pray for are out there praying for me so that we can then band together as God's people to, to do God's work here in this church and here in our community. So what, is, what does Jesus say about the need for prayer? Our scripture for this morning, he talks about it in Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. Hear the word of the Lord. Jesus was telling them a parable about their need to pray continuously and not to be discouraged. He said, at a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected people. In that city, there was a widow who kept coming to him asking, give me justice in this case against my adversary. For a while, he refused, but finally said to himself, I don't fear God or respect people, but I will give this widow justice because she keeps bothering me. Otherwise, there'll be no end to her coming here and embarrassing me. The Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. Won't God provide justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he be slow to help them? I tell you, he will give them justice quickly. But when the human one comes, he will find faithfulness on earth. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So so how do we pray? How, How do we practice this intercessory prayer? Well, over the past few weeks of Lent, I've asked you to participate in some Lenten practices or, or some, some spiritual practices. And we've had uh, sermon inserts or in inserts in your bulletin for you to go home and practice those. And every single one of those practices help lead up to this moment when we talk about intercessory prayer. The first week was solitude. You can't pray when things are noisy around you. You have to stop and allow God to to speak in and through you during this time of prayer. You have to let the busyness of the world just freeze for a moment to go to God in prayer. I, I guarantee you when you do that, All of that stuff will be there when you're done praying. It's not like it's going to magically go away, but you'll have the opportunity to go back and be a part of what is happening around you. And the truth of the matter is when you stop and when you pause to allow prayer to enter into your life, maybe God will give you strength and wisdom to deal with all of that noise around you. The second week we talked about fasting, taking away those things that that may consume you, 
those things that that you strive for in order to allow compassion to come more into your life. So we are a society of, of abundance. And sometimes it's necessary to give up a meal or, or give up media or give up something that you really, really love to do and spend that time in solitude in prayer. Then we talked about simplicity and frugality, realizing that all that we have is a gift from God. Every single thing that we own, every single thing that we possess is a gift. And how we use those allows us to see the peace and the joy and the love of God's grace instead of trying to buy our way into abundance. See, all of these practices join together so that we can open our hearts and minds to pray for others. But when we intercede or or when we take time to pray, I think our scripture this morning gives us the key that we must remember. Jesus tells a story of the widow who comes to this judge over and over and over again and just begs and pleads, and finally the judge gives up. Now, Jesus isn't saying that God is like the judge who doesn't want to give us blessings or gives us us the life that, that he wants us to have, but sometimes we feel like that our prayers go unanswered. Sometimes we feel like that we're just praying to the ceiling that the prayers just bounce right back at us. Maybe you felt that way in your prayer life. Maybe that's caused you to put a pause on your prayers thinking, you know what? It's just not worth it. Why should I spend time praying to God when God's not even listening But we must remember three things about prayer. Number one, we never pray alone. It's great to, to gather people around us and to spend time in prayer. But when we pray by ourselves, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is there praying with us. So every time you just stop and you pause and you lift up prayers to God, the Holy Spirit is praying with you. And I think one of the things that we fail to remember is that prayer changes when needs change. Sometimes it's easy to get stuck in a rut and you pray for one thing over and over and over again and you don't see any results, but maybe you're not listening to how God is calling you to change your prayer, to pray for those things that are, that are needed instead of those things that we want. And then finally, sometimes a time to pray is a time to act. I remember sitting around the kitchen table with my brother and a friend of his whenever they were getting ready to go off to college. And my mom was sitting there and she was listening to my brother's friend as he talked about how he was going to go to college, but he didn't quite know where yet. 
And my mom said, well, have you applied to any schools? Well, no, but I just keep praying, and I know that, that God is going to tell me where I'm going to go to school. Okay, well, have you looked up any schools? Have you gone to the counselor to talk to them about your, your college plans? Nope, I just know that God is going to tell me where I'm going to go to school. And mom just got this look on her face and says, son, sometimes God wants you to actually do some work to make your prayers come to fruition. See, sometimes we treat our prayer life that way. We sit there and we pray and we pray and we pray, but the answer may be right there in front of us. And God is just telling us just to move, just to, to get move forward and, and, and do those things that are right there that we have the ability to do. I've always been a big believer in prayer, but I think I gathered my prayer life more whenever I started to do a new church start in the Wiley Saxe area. Because number one, I was scared. Scared out of my wits that, that the bishop and the cabinet appointed me to do this new church start. So I decided to start praying for the community. I got in my car and I would do prayer drives. I, I still do that around here. I'll drive around Roy sit in, I'll pray over different areas, but I do it a little differently now. We started to worship in this uh, elementary school for Wiley ISD and <clears throat> read in a book talking about praying, praying a circle around the building. So I would go and do that. I would, I would drive in that neighborhood around for a whole week seven times at this certain time and just prayed over the school, prayed over the community and prayed for this new church start. And about the fourth day, this woman sees me coming down the street the fourth time and she walks out to the street and I roll down my window and I say, good morning, how are you? But she gave me a look like I was doing something wrong. I said, can I help you? I said, yeah, uh, what, what are you doing? Well, I, I'm starting a new church, and we're going to be worshiping over here at this school, and I'm just praying for this community and just driving around and praying. So, so, so you've been doing this for the past three days at the same time for about seven or eight times around this school? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm just, I'm just praying. And she looked at me, and I realized that I was becoming a stalker. And not that my prayers weren't wanted or, or, or needed, just that method of prayer just wasn't accepted in this neighborhood. Especially at the time driving this green cube that stuck out so somebody knew that somebody was driving around. So my question is, how should we pray? I lifted up this question on Facebook, and I got some great answers. One of my sixth-grade teacher responded, and she said that she had a family that would put up big pieces of paper in their living room, and they would write down prayers during the week. And as they prayed over the prayers of their friends and families, and if a prayer was answered, they would write the date that that prayer was answered. 
and they saw the joy of, of the prayers happening around them and God answering prayer. A friend of mine also posted that she spent many months praying for an acquaintance who had terminal cancer about 15 years ago. And she was pretty angry when she went to her funeral. However, when she looks back, she realizes that it was a learning time for her. And she has continued to keep her family in her prayers. See, a lot of the times when we pray, we may not get the answer right then and there, but it may be years down the road that we understand why we were praying for someone or we feel God's presence in the midst of our prayers. One of the things that I do, I keep a prayer journal, and it's just this simple little book that I keep in my back pocket. And, and I will admit, there are days that, or weeks, that that prayer journal doesn't get written in. There are days that that prayer journal doesn't get looked at. But it's a constant reminder of me to be in prayer for our friends and our families. For how God is calling us to lift each other up in prayer. Or maybe our prayers can look like this video here. I was asked why God calls us to pray for others. Of course, we know that we're supposed to pray for ourselves and for others. But I think the main reason we pray for others is that sometimes we simply can't pray for ourselves when we're in need. I know at our house, there was a time when Ben and I were unable to pray. We were so filled with grief and hurt and pain that we, we simply could not pray. And so God sent his prayer angels to us in the form of our friends. And they prayed for us daily. And over time, the light started to come back and they literally prayed us into God's light once again. So that is one of the reasons that I think that we should be in prayer for others. I encourage each of you to take our prayers each week that we get from the altar area and that are in our bulletin. And be devoted to praying for those that are in need. And then you will find that others will reach out to you and say, will you please pray for me? Be known as a prayer warrior for others. And God will bless you beyond all means. And the people that you are praying for will be so grateful to you that you took time out of your day to pray for them at their time of need.